0: Logical Progression Year Three Chapter Nine Lesson Eight Smilahman Rahim Hamdilla Bilalmin, while Akiva Tulin Takina, was one the the Allah, اللهم اعنا على ذكرك وشكرك يا رب السلام عليكم الله وبركاته حياكم الله ho then ladies and gentlemen this of course is the first of the uh, summer lessons and uh, each lesson is going to obviously get later for a little while uh, so next next week maghrib here in Manchester is around eight o'clock and obviously that will differ for people in the UK our dars is after Manchester Maghrib. And as for those folks online, then your rough rule of thumb, there will be a schedule that will be going up today. It just couldn't go up. There was a little problem. so we couldn't put it up. But it will go up this week, inshallah. So you can see that in the resources tab. But the start time of the dars will roughly be about 20-25 minutes after Maghrib. So you're looking next week around the 8.25 mark. Something like that. Okay? Around the 8.25 mark, plus minus five minutes. Right you hope. So today, today, the reason why today is an important lesson is today I'm going to teach you how to make ghusl. The actual way of making a ghusl, which is an, of course an important aspect of the, of the life of the Muslim, naturally. So, um, right, okay then. The last thing that I think we mentioned was talking about the two niyyah, about the importance of having an niyyah. Not just for the action itself; that we know that the action niyatul amal niyatul So, number one, to have an action of knowing that this is the specific ghusl for ghusl for jum'a, ghusl for eid. Yeah, you focus on that technical, the technical kind of aspect. And I guess like what I was talking about today, I wrote something today, actually on Facebook, something similar, uh, that a lot of the people they get kind of you know lost in the in the means, they get lost in the method, and they forget the objective. So, we talked about this last week that the niyyah of an ma'mool lahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that this is taqarrubil Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you something. I was thinking about this today that you know when you generally think about Muslims and, um, or if you generally think about the religion and how some people uh, can get lost in the academia and lose their spirituality. So, the normal kind of example which is given, which is what the current controversy is all about at the moment, is the issue of aqeedah. And so, there'll be people that will study aqeedah in a very dry and very technical way, in a very rote way, with a number of conditions and a number of prerequisites and other obligations, and there are uh, nine aspects to the Kenema and there are seven conditions of this, and there are twelve conditions of that. You know, they make up all these kind of uh, numbers, and they are made up, because they're, they're subjective opinions of scholars. They're made up, they're obviously based upon the evidences, and they're based upon the teachers themselves, scholars, throughout time, Saying, how do I present this information to these people in an easier way? So, I mean, you can understand why they did that. The problem is then, is that the student then gets lost in the sevens and the nines and the twelves. They're busy memorizing the sevens and the nines and the twelves, and saying that the conditions of the shahada are this, that, this, and they forget the actual meaning of the shahada. They forget the yani, to live the shahada. They forget to become, yani, someone that when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala puts through them this blessing, so when they walk in the streets. That a person can see this is a person of shahada. This is a person who lives la ilaha illallah. It's a subtle point. And there is a corollary here as well. In that we do lots of different acts. And we're now going to describe an act which has got so much detail. This is the complete ghusl. Do this intention. Say bismillah. Do this. That, 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 that. And so our focus is so very much on the actual, you know, we've got to tick boxes. That sometimes we, uh, we forget, you know what, this is taqarrub ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is to actually get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's no other chapter which you see this as clearly as you do then in wudu'. In wudu' itself, you really kind of feel this. Because you'll see at the end, you'll see at the end of this chapter, that there will be a person who's in a state of janabah. And we know that the only way that you can lift that ritual state of impurity, hadith, the only way you can get rid of it is to do what? Ghusl. Yet the Prophet ﷺ is recommending wudu'. And you'll see the companions, they're always making wudu' before sleep, before eating, before uh, marital relations, etc. etc. And you'd ask yourself why. You'd ask yourself why. And the reason is purely ibadah. They actually want to be purer. They want to put some more effort in for the sake of Allah. I want you to imagine going to the bathroom and making wudu' when you can just make ghusl. There's clearly. You know, especially in our time. Especially in their time. You, you think now how little the water was, how difficult it was, you'd have know, thought that just get over and done with. But it's it's more than that. The niyyah is more than just the technical nature of the action. There's a there's a desire to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that desire is not there, then your academic your academia and your memorization, Yani Yani has not benefited you. And that's something which we need to Remember, And that's what the discussion is these days um, about you know, what's going on. Anyway, so al-ghusl al kamil A complete ghusl comprises of the following things. Number one, making the intention, then saying bismillah, then washing the hands three times as well as other impure parts, then making wudu, then pouring water over the head three times, ensuring it wets right through, then pouring water over the body completely three times, Robbing clean that entire body, starting on the right hand side first each time, and then washing the feet in a different place. Nine points. Nine points which are talking about the actual ghusl, complete perfect one. So, what we're going to do is that we're going to go through the text, study the kind of the, the, the technical thing which the madahib are coming with, and then I'm going to then put a practical spin on it, you know, for today's time. Okay, alright. So, in terms of Uh, So we've already done the intention. So you've made the intention. This is what I'm going to do. And I gave all the warnings about that last week. About how you've got to be, you know, how focused you've got to be when you walk into a bathroom. When we walk into a bathroom, we look at what do we see. We see shampoo. We see shower gel. These are things which are, uh, what's the word? Um, Anchors, huh? Oh yeah, you go into autopilot. You know, you see certain things in the anchors, aren't they? You see shower gel, you think, ah, you know, and you like your shower gel, you like your, you think, and so you automatically move into this kind of I'm cleaning myself mode, and my normal nightly shower, my normal, I don't know, come home from work shower, my normal one, my first of my five showers if you're Shazad, right? You know, (laughs) the 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 it doesn't matter. (laughs) I don't know. Did I tell you that he showers five times a day? Did I mention that last week? Mashallah. tabarakallah Five or was it... I know. was it you who said that I don't do that
1: anymore?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You see, I'm getting old. I can't remember, yeah What's happening? But there are some people that shower a lot. I, I'm not a fan of showering a lot. Not, not, not in the winter, not possible? No. In the winter? Five times. In the winter, is the most fun shower. Just use just,
1: yeah, five times was not actually good. But just
0: ask him how long his last shower was. <laughs> <laughs> My last shower? Yeah. My last shower was about what, ten minutes? And the one before that. <laughs> oh. The one before was it had to be a long one because yeah, and I was hurting. I was working outside in the you garden. See,
1: you see, he, he he's complained that his water tank ran out <laughs> and he spent an hour and a half waiting for the water to get hot. But uh, the real men.
0: No, no, no. no. <laughs> chef, it's cold. It's cold. At the moment, it's one degree, two degrees in uh, during daytime. A lot of people are thinking it's warm outside. It's not, chef. A couple of days ago, I was, I was, I was working outside. It was cold, and it was stingy. And I went in, and the water had run out. So I had to stand there waiting for half an hour. There was no way that I was going to have a cold. But I just want to make it clear to my friends out here, I've, I've done my time in cold showers. I've been there, done that. You know, I've got that T-shirt. That's dealt with. You know what I'm saying? I've done my cold showers. It's not
1: about climbing the mountain. It's about staying there.
0: (laughs) Allahu Akbar. When you use the words against you, then what can you do, (laughs) Using my own speech, yani against me.
1: That's
0: That's not your... That's your That's Sheikh (laughs) kalam. Same thing. Who cares about Shikilam's speech? No one one hears that, Yani. They don't want to hear it from me anyway. Right. So, um, that's very important, to be focused, right? So the next thing, after you've made your intention... It's to say Bismillah. Now, I wanted to, I want to, uh, uh, I want you to understand here: At-Tasmi' <laughs> al wajibatun kalwudu, Sheikh Tameem reminds us of the issue of the wudu. يعني yani in wudu, you know, the Hanbali's they say that it's obligatory to say Bismillah, and you know that there's not an evidence for that. There is no nos. You should be familiar with these phrases by now. There's no Quranic ayah and there's no authentic Hadith that says that that's the case, and that's why. The majority of the scholars consider it to be a sunnah and not an obligation. Uh, they said, okay, um, that he said that if it is obligatory, they said, if it's obligatory in the wudu, then what do you think then of ghusl? Of course it must be then in ghusl. So that's their evidence, okay? And Shaykh um, Uthameen, he says that, uh, well, as we have said before, كَمَا سَبَقْ And that's why it's important to do this whole logical progression thing right because this is the way that he teaches he would say as we said previously as we said previously so again he said as we said previously the correct position is that it is not obligatory it's a sunnah and so it's sunnah in the ghusl as well sunnah in ghusl as well and also i should say that even if you said it was obligatory in wudu we would put an argument up and say that actually ghusl and wudu are separate anyway. They're different anyway. They can't be made piyas upon. You can't make an analogy when there's so many differences between the two. Alright. Then, then, uh, the the, uh, author says that he washes his hands three times. And we said already, of course, this is sunnah and hands, of course, means up to the the wrists. Okay? Because we know that when the hand is mentioned, then that's what it means. And if it means the whole arm, then it will say ilal marafiq as we know in the, uh, of the ayah of, of Wudu okay and that's what Shaykh uh, mean he mentions here Surah Al-Ma'idah verse 38 that's how we know uh, that, uh, that uh, the, the, the hand is only here whereas of course if we want it more then go if we want it longer then go to Surah Al-Ma'idah verse 6 and then Ilal-Marafiq is mentioned <laughs> now I want you to understand that they have said you wash the hands three times sunnah. <laughs> however what if your hands are still dirty if your hands are still dirty, and what if there are other parts of your body which are dirty? Now let me explain what what is happening here. What's happening here uh, is basically a description of two scenarios: either sexual impurity, janaba, or either actual physical fecal and urine impurity. All right. And so the idea here is is that one has gone to the toilet, for example. Okay, and by Using water or not, or using tissue paper or stone, or you know, the standard kind of things we talked about before, istijmar or istinja, has not been able to clean themselves. So, this is talking after that has happened. Istinja, I want you to understand, istinja, and all of this has already occurred. Now, when I, like I said, I'm going to go through the text and then I'm going to give you the real life version in a minute. But in this text, istinja has already, a toilet has already occurred. Or Janabah janab is now on, okay? And the person has made istinja, but they haven't been able to clean themselves in their private parts. So we're talking the thighs, we're talking on the backside, etc., etc. And that's specifically what wamala wathahu means here. So it's not just washing the hands and the private parts, but it means anywhere else. Make an effort to clean it. And this is taken directly from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which, um, I think it was Um Salama, no, it was uh, Maymuna, sorry, Maymuna. ما لوثه ضرب الأرض مرتين Okay. أن الماء now the hadith what happens in the hadith of Maimuna? The hadith in Maimuna is that after he finished going to the toilet and he cleaned himself, he the floor itself, he wiped his hands on it. And some said the wall, this is like obviously clay and dust and stuff, okay? So obviously it's not don't think of a modern toilet or anything like that. And whatever was on his body, he cleaned. And, and then he started the ghusl. So the question is, is that why did this happen? Sheikh Uthameen says, in my opinion, it's because there was no water. Okay. Now in our time, naturally, the meaning of this hadith will not to be wipe our hands somewhere, but it will just mean that more than three times, we'll just carry on washing and cleaning and whatever is necessary. That's the basic meaning that we take from this. Okay. Then, وَيَتَوَضَّى Again, according to the text, according to the sunnah, we are sticking to the sunnah. Alright? He makes wudu'. You will make wudu'. Okay? Now, the wudu' will be the normal wudu' as salah. Okay? Not any other type of wudu'. Wudu' as salah. المر- and and now, now, we come into an issue of difference of opinion. It's a very famous difference of opinion. Alright? Because we have two hadith, key hadith. One is a hadith of Aisha, where another famous hadith of Al Ghusl. Where the two wives of the Prophet Sallallahu differ in one fundamental aspect. A, in the first one, in Hadith A'isha, the Prophet Sallallahu did the full wudu. I want to say full wudu, that means washing the feet as well. Then he poured water over himself. And in the second hadith, is the one that you all know, he did full wudu, but not wash the feet. Okay, And the feet then was washed right at the very very end after ghusl. That's confusing. I'll explain that uh, uh, afterwards. But I just want you to understand, okay, that there are two types of wudu being described here. Both are full wudu, but the issue is the feet. <coughs> the last thing you wash is the feet. Do you wash your feet first, and you say, I'm done with wudu, now I do ghusl, that is what you do according to Aisha. Or, radiyallahu anha, or do you actually do your wudu and then stop, don't wash your feet, then wash yourself, then wash your feet, that is the Position of the majority, and it's the position which is well known, etc., etc., etc. And there's a reason for that. We'll come to that in a second. Okay. So, washing the hands three times, as well as other impure parts, then making wudu, and then he pours water over the entire head three times, and yani that the water تصل إلى بحيث the point is is that the water it really kind of penetrates. The whole idea is complete penetration of the water to all parts of the skin and all areas. In the hadith of Aisha radiallahu uh, anha, um, on page 360, which is narrated by Bukhariya, Muslim, ثُمَّ يُخَلِّل حَتَّى أَنَّهُ قَدْ أَرْوَىٰ بَشْرَتَهُ أَفَاضَ عَلَيْهِ ثَلَاثَ It was like this. He basically prepared his head, okay, and his skin, and then, when the water is poured on, he is carrying on doing this kind of process to make sure that the water is going. So, يخلل, we talked about this is تخليل. Remember, we said combing, and so the, the 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 hair is obviously being you know whatever this is. What's this process? Running your fingers through the hair and so on. Okay, and then the water. Um, and Shaykh al mentions this here. وَظَاهِرَهُ أَنْ يَصُبَّ عَلَيْهِ الْمَاءُ أَوَّلًا ثُمَّ يُفِيدَ عَلَيْهِ بَعْدَ ذَلَكَ مَرَّاتِ This is very important. For me, actually, this is very important. The scholars may be considered important or not. If you look at this hadith, it seems that there's no way that he actually just did this without any water. Okay? The hadith here clearly says what? That he, وسلم, did تَخْلِيلُ did this kind of rubbing and and uh, putting the hands through and then poured water three times which must suggest as Sheikh says that there was an initial pouring of water so the water was poured first over the head that was then you know combed into the head and then after that once yani every, the, 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 the kind of like i guess the pores are all open and everything and everything's out of the way then the three times pouring of the sunnah occurs and that's the, what, the reason why that's so important, is because that gives us some bit, bit of leeway in the way that we can do our ghusl in today's time, because we have different circumstances. We'll come to that in a second. Some of the scholars, though, said that thalatha marat, okay, the, the, the three times washing of the head, yani does uh, does not actually uh, mean three times for the head. Actually, what it means is that. He poured hit upon the right hand side and then on the left hand side and then on the middle, so the first pouring was on the right hand side and then it was pouring on the left hand side of the head and then in the middle of the head. These are the three actual parts okay منه, uh, منه, uh, so that so this is where they understood this ruling uh, ruling from and uh, the, the, the three, the, the 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 three parts. Now, then, then pouring water over the body completely three times, and the evidence for this is the hadith of Aisha, and as I said, the other hadith of Maymunah radhiyallahu anhumah. Then he poured water over his entire body. Now here is where the issue comes now of important difference of opinion amongst the scholars. ثلاثة. This word three times, that he poured his body over the water, his water over his body, وسلم, three times. This three times is done because it's now seen in the same way as the washing of limbs in wudu. And it's a qiyas from wudu as opposed to a specific evidence from the hadith of ghusl. Do you understand? It's a qiyas, an analogy taken from wudu, as opposed to saying that we saw the Prophet wash himself three times with water on his body. We're not talking about the head now, we're talking about the body. And that's what the Hanbali Mathab then ruled by. They said that this is an analogy and we accept that. al Islam ibn Taymiyyah and a number of scholars, they said no. They said that there is no three times washing of the body in ghusl. There's no three times washing of the body in ghusl. It's a big statement that, okay. Um, and that's because they said there's not a single evidence from the Prophet ﷺ to establish that. The hadith says very clearly he poured water over himself. The, the scholars that made Qiyas, we say this is a Qiyas ma'al-Farq. This is an analogy which is broken. That's Wudu, this is Ghusl. Completely different, has different rules. We cannot apply the same thing. Okay? So, therefore class position is very clear. That actually it is not three times over the entire body. Okay, it is pouring water over the entire body, according to the Sunnah, and the next one then is to then make sure that it gets into every, every, every orifice and so on. We'll come to that in a second. Whereas in the Hamli Mathab, it is free three times, and I want you to know why. Because they make diyas. Is that clear, everybody? Okay. Then, A, they do delk. I told you about delk if you remember back in the day in the section of wudu. What did we say? We said that delk is what the malikiyah they consider to be a condition when you're making wudu, and that means proper rubbing and massaging. Yep, yeah? and that's what's definitely going to make sure that everything gets wet. Yep, yeah? so the whole body then is made delk. Remember again, remember this is the complete ghusl. Complete, what did we say? Al ghusl kamil is, we said in last lesson, we said it includes obligations, we said it includes the sunnah, and it includes everything above and beyond for the perfect result. Okay? This is not like a minimal ghusl, this is hardcore. Alright? So, he does all of this to make sure that the water gets to every single part of the body. Okay? Um, and he goes, for example, if there's uh, oil on the body, and that's very much the case, or cream or something like that then just pouring water over the body is not going to get anything done. And you'll need to actually rub it, clean it, and move it off. If there's something physical on the body, you've got some dry bits of blood or pain or X or Y, that will need to be scratched off. So the point here is that it needs to be really worked on. Now, from the companions, they used to really exaggerate. Some of them used to exaggerate in this matter. Abdullah ibn Umar, it has been authentically narrated in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shaybah, narration number 99 in chapter 1. عَنْ إِبْنُ عُمَرَ أَنَّهُ كَانَ اِغْتَاسَلُ مِنَ الْجَنَابَ أَدْخَلَ مَاءُ فِي عَيْنَيْهِ فَأَدْخَلَ يَدَهُ وَأَدْخَلَ يَدْخُو فِي سُرَّتِهِ هذا هذا طبعا okay so the second one okay is that uh, so Ibn Umar when he used to make ghusl from Janaba, he would put the water into his eyes actually do that whole kind of you know that crazy one yeah I don't know if anyone's ever done that it's a mission we Take mother Ibn Abbas. Sheikh Abdul ghaffar says we are upon madhab of Ibn Abbas, and I have to say I agree with Yani in this matter. But the point is this is that, um, that you remember there's differences of opinion on some things, okay? You know, when it comes to the nostrils, comes to the eyes, the question is, is that is this from the face or not? Is the outward is inside the nostrils, is that from the face or is that inside the body, the mouth, for example? Is this inside the body? Or is it the external body? What is meant to actually be cleaned? There has to be a limit here, right? You can see this. We have to stop here and discuss this. The whole body has to be wetted. The whole body. Okay? However, with this concept of the whole body, there are some things that, 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 that come up. We all know this. First of all, those people with long hair. I've got to say guys with long hair. That's very rare. It's women who are mostly have the problem there. Secondly, we've got people who have various... You know, uh, uh different I don't know, um maybe people with deformities, they have certain kind of difficult to get to areas. We have the parts of the body which are difficult anyway, or maybe you ignore, you got you know when you see like very, very obese people that have huge folds, right? And of skin, uh you know, maybe like a really large fold they have to then you know, all this kind of stuff. So the problem is like <laughs> 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 Huh? Even if you put the shower on. Even if you put the shower on. I mean, that's now. But I mean, back then, you've got to even imagine then, okay? So the belly button is a classic example, okay? Very few scholars will allow you to avoid the belly button. So cleaning the belly button is important, all right? The ears are important, for example, to clean the ears. And I'm not taking your thumbs, probably get your you know your little fingers into your ears, top and bottom, all right? Behind the ears, you're always being told, you know? That's another uh, 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 classic, what other areas the behind the knees, behind the, behind the, you know, the, the behind the knees, yeah, between the toes, etc., etc. These are obvious things. As I said, other people need to make sure that they've got, if they've got conditions or whatever, they need to. They showed the hair is that the water needs to get to the scalp. It does not necessarily for a woman have to wet every single individual hair. And the evidence for that are a number of narrations from the companions, male companions and female companions telling the rest of the Muslims that when it comes to janaba or comes to ghusl then just make sure you wash your head but you don't need to untie your braids <coughs> so if these girls have got you know that kind of a quasi, you know that yeah you know whatever it is yeah and stuff they don't need to all undo every single thing yeah if they do they do if they don't they don't right so uh, and that can be extended to like I don't know the various forms of whatever people do with their hair the point is is that the head itself is washed the water gets through to the thingy uh, to the uh, head itself that's the most important part and that's it makes it easier upon the sisters what are the other aspects that we need to be aware of? okay so the issue of the of the mouth it's always on the good to be on a safe side to include it even though the debate is there and it's not going to be solved some scholars said yes some said no inside the nostril for example there's if we're going to say you wash it in, ghusl, in wudu then in washing it in ghusl should be even more than emphasized okay and we know that there's a difference over the issue of the nose. But it should be. nostril And the eyes, for example, obviously cleaning in between the eyes there, that's expected to do in a ghusl, because that's the joint where it's part of the face. But this issue of cleaning the eyes, that's an extreme position Allah Ta'ala A'lam. Abdullah ibn Umar used to do it though. Okay, And that's authentically narrated uh, from him. Actually, many kind of things like that you'll, you'll see narrated from... Um, from Abdullah bin Umar, actually. Uh, so, I'm not yeah. right, then. These are the eyeball, then. It's not like yeah, I'm the talking face. about the eyeball. I'm not talking about... No.
1: So, it's not considered part of the face in the space?
0: You see, the problem is this. Is that the eye... You say, is the, is it considered part of the of the face? Um. W- w- whether it's considered part of the face or not, I mean, it obviously is. Does a person wash their face with their eyes open? Normally. <laughs> 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 I like normally I like the way you said uh, <laughs> uh, uh, difficult. difficult isn't it I don't think so no let's have a quick hand vote uh, eyes, uh, eyes open put your hands up okay <laughs> I, I've always knew you as the weirdo of my family I know <laughs>
1: Yeah. to the river. Yes. Some, we have got some problem
0: we have something
1: yeah. open, we want to open the water yes. no, no, inside the water
0: please. oh put it actually go yes. under yes. and then oh, let, let yes. the thing go
1: yes. But, yes.
0: that's true I mean obviously we all know yeah, when you're told to do that I mean when I was young I mean, it was the old basin you know mm. fill the basin with water stick your head in whatever what not yes. obviously you can't do it your mum put your head in down sticking it like whatever you're dying yeah. <laughs> I mean it's, it's hardcore that So, the issue is not of the fact that it's of the face or not, because clearly it is of the face. The issue is, is what is the norm? And when we covered the chapter of Wudu, we covered that. We said that it's the inside of the eyes, these parts, not the actual eyeball itself. Yeah? I mean, that's like hardcore. In fact, subhanAllah, if you wash your eyes, it is almost exclusively considered an emergency procedure. It's true, isn't it? It's normally said you know, When you talk about that when, you, when, when the eyes are referred to in washing I've never heard it ever referred to Except in You've got chemical in there You've got something else in there Squirt into his eyes Wash his eyes You know what I'm saying? Yeah So it's not seen as a normative kind of action Of course it's possible Of course some people can do it Yeah But um, I don't think it's a normative action Allah Allah Same way Same thing Any hair Any hair on the body Any hair Would need to be this this تخليل, yep hair goes fingers go through so the water goes through to the skin what about ear piercings ear piercings you mean getting into the actual thing itself I assume so what about ear piercings? I'm guessing that's what they mean I, that's not even possible is it can't walk in with a needle stick a needle in and then kind of you know
1: as in I think I think the point being if you've got the, something inside the piercing
0: then it's possible. no 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 one does not need to worry about ear piercing. Yeah. So, any kind of body piercing that would
1: cover the skin or the, you
0: know, people are most so at the front of the skin it would be covered by... So, obviously, the things at the front need to be removed if it's covering skin. If it's covering internal skin, so, for example, there's a hole and it's perfectly covering the hole but not the external facing skin, then that's something different. But normally... It, you know an earring is not going to be a problem unless it's one of those you know flat ones which is covering the ear therefore it's not taking water in then that's a problem
1: the, the thing is that uh, some people when they get when they get a piercing and it's recent yes and then when they remove it they, have, they risk getting an infection I see so what is it doing that if you if they have a piercing they and they
0: remove it and they they're going to get infection yes. this is Yanni, this is God's way of saying stop getting stupid piercings <laughs> <laughs> and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Yeah. you done with that bones, yeah? yeah. I'm done with that, خلاص, Yeah, okay. So, um, okay. Um, okay, and then the right hand side. So, uh, regardless of the manner of the washing and everything, but in terms of the areas, we start on the right hand side. Why do we start on the right hand side? Because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we covered this hadith many, many times, that the Prophet ﷺ used to uh, love to do, start with the right-hand side in everything, every single thing, okay? Whether it is putting on the the uh, uh, shoe, or whether it is uh, grooming himself, whether it is the uh, washing himself, etc., uh, etc. Et so that's very clear, that covers everything. And طُهُورِهِ means purifying himself. We don't need an evidence for ghusl because this is a general term. It covers wudu' and ghusl. He didn't say wudu'ihi. He said tuhurihi when he purifies himself. Yeah, And then, this is the interesting part. According to Yama according to the Hanabilah, you do need to for, to get the reward of sunnah, wash your feet somewhere else. Now, now, well, يعني, he, uh, Shaykh Uthameen says, what seems apparent from the author is that this seems to be like an unrestricted Sunnah. Meaning, you just do it and you get the reward. okay? And it, almost as if to say, that even if the place is clean, then you still need to go and wash over there, uh, somewhere else. Now let's just quickly talk about this. The idea here, again, remember what I told you about. Very little water, they have. Very little, I told you, yeah, only four of these. Okay, So that's what you've got. All right. I mean, you know, I could have a good go of that because I've got big hands, yeah? I've got a big body as well, you know what I'm saying, yeah? So, I'm going to struggle anyway. So, you're a little skin, and you've got little tinkle hands like that, yeah? Then it's going to be nothing in it, yeah? So, the point is you've got little water, you've got a dirty body, you ain't got modern day kind of uh, surfactant, uh, uh, what's the word called? Not surfactant. Yes, yeah, surfactant, isn't it? What's soap, it's a surfactant, yeah. Yeah, so you haven't got these kind of so- soaps. The interesting thing about soaps is that they actually spread the water further. Yeah, they allow it to kind of go all over whatever. So you don't have that, and so you don't have all of this kind of you know, and you don't have it. Uh, uh, you you only got one hand and pouring, and you know you've got so many restrictions, all right? And then you don't have a bath. You don't have porcelain. You don't have a china. You don't have any ceramic baths, and so you're normally uh, washing on a on a on a you know a muddy surface, uh, earthy kind of surface or or you're, you're doing it in a tub and the, all the gand is at the bottom. So all the filth is being washed off you and you're standing in it. So it makes complete sense that you would then step out and then you'd wash your feet. Make sense? Okay, that's where this came from. Now, the discussion amongst the scholars now is because Maimuna had described that the sunnah of the Prophet was that he would wash his feet somewhere else. Some scholars said, well, this was because the place was dirty. It's not a sunnah, it's because the place was dirty. Other scholars said, no, it's an actual sunnah. And it should be done regardless. Alright? Whether the place is clean or not. And that's the big debate. And Sheikh says, um, and this is his opinion, Sheikh Faseh means, and this is also the opinion, this is also the opinion um, uh because you know in the narration of Sahih Muslim it doesn't say that the feet were washed at the end. Alright? It doesn't say the feet were washed at the end. So there is a genuine kind of discussion. Anyway, Shaykh Muhammad Bukhtar Shan and Shaykh Uthameen, Rahimahullah, they both agreed that li an yag-s- an fi makanin akhar and and al They only you need to wash your feet at the end if there is a need for it, because the place is dirty that you're washing in. Okay? Um, and he goes the proof as far as I'm concerned is the hadith of Aisha in the hadith of Aisha he didn't he didn't okay and also Sheikh Uthameen then makes another statement where it's even more kind of controversial as far as I'm concerned he says and the narration which says that that he then washed his feet at the end as far as I'm concerned this is weak this is what Sheikh Uthameen said this narration is weak however we should say that the hadith exists in Muslim in Sahih Muslim there is a riwayah where he didn't wash his feet at the end and so therefore it's not right to say it's right to say maybe that narration is weak that said that but it's not right to say um, sorry they I to say that in narration it's, it's narrated in Muslim that he didn't wash his feet what I meant to say is that it is narrated in Sahih Muslim that he did wash his feet at the end and that is not a hadith you can make weak so this narration might be weak, but the principle isn't weak. So, um, so basically, annahugasala jalehi fi hadith Basically, maimuna he washes feet at the end only. Alright. Now, uh, Shah go to the next uh, section. Okay. Um now what I wanna say to you is this is the next statement, and that is Ah, uh, that is, وَالْمُجْزِعُ The Sheikh says, يَنْوِيَ وَيُسَمِّيَ وَيَعُمَّ بَدْنَهُ بِالْغُسْلِ مَرَّةِ Okay, and it is sufficient to, it is sufficient however, just to make the intention, then say Bismillah and wash the entire body just once. You heard that? okay. So we heard the full version, but sheikh is now saying, however, it is sufficient if you just want to get the job done to make the intention, say Bismillah and wash the entire body just once. Now let's talk about this. First of all, the Bismillah point, First of all, Al-Mujzid. What does Mujzid mean? That is which is sufficient. If we are saying that which is sufficient, what does that mean the actions in that would be? Compulsory, good, obligatory. What do we believe about the Bismillah? It's a sunnah. sunnah. So this is according to the Hanbalis. So according actually to the majority, it will be sufficient for what? Intention and? Wash Wash the entire body just once. Is that cool? So let's follow up from there then. If I'm saying to you that your ghusl can be done by just making niyyah, I'm now making the intention to make ghusl and wash the body, the next question should be, What's the nature of washing? What does washing mean? Water runs over the body. body. You agree with that? Not wiping and washing, whatever, it means the water runs over the body. Therefore, a person, it is completely valid, completely valid for a person to just jump into a lake and and with the intention that I am making ghusl of Jum'ah or of Eid or of Janaba and comes straight out, and job's done. Do you understand? Doesn't have to make wudu, doesn't have to make washing, doesn't have to do three times, doesn't have to do X, doesn't have to do Y, he jumps into a swimming pool, jumps into a river, jumps into a vat, I don't care what he jumps into, alright? He jumps into it though, and he makes the ghusl, and then Allah Akbar is done. Do you understand the point, yeah? Because, as we said, what does ghusl mean? It linguistically means to wash. And if you go in there and water goes all over you, job done. Obviously, might not be such a good wash compared to cleanliness, cleanliness standards. But I told you before, don't get mistaken by the idea that has anything to do with cleanliness. It doesn't have anything. I'm telling you on a Friday morning, at 10 o'clock you could wake up. Yeah? You've taken Friday off, you've woken up at Friday 10 o'clock, and you say, well, Allah, I feel you know, sweaty and this and that. I'm going to have a shower to wake myself up proper. You have a shower and that's when you use all your shampoos and you this and you that. Yeah. And then we know that the Sunnah, the Sunnah, we're going to come to this obviously in about 19 years time, I think. Yeah. When we come to the chapter of Jum'ah, that it's Sunnah for Jum'ah to make the ghusl as late as possible. As late as possible. Hatta as sahaba they would walk into a Jum'ah and they would be wet still from the ghusl to show. Yeah. And it is something which is delayed. You know the scholars they said When is the earliest time that you can Because a lot of people ask this question Because they're working people isn't it Yeah. So they say can I Before I go to work Can I make my ghusl in the morning And then go to work And that counts then For my juma ghusl We say yes With the intention it's okay But just about Because the sunnah Only just about Because the sunnah actually is right on the edge Like 12 o'clock 11 o'clock You know that kind of thing And I think even Wallahi in in the back of my head There's a riwayah When Sayyidina Omar Um and Allah knows, Allah knows best about the authenticity of this. But I need to check it. And I seem to remember that Sayyidina Umar was in the masjid for Jum'ah. And Iqbalan came in. He, you've heard it, yes? And he said he made ghusl. He said, yes. yeah, I made it in the morning. Yes. No, no, no. He said uh, ghusl. He didn't. No, no. Okay. So this is a different rewire? Yes. He Have you made a ghusl? Then, then he was on the member. Yes. He came late. Yeah. He said, Why this time? Yep. Then he said, Have you done the ghusl? No, I have some ghusl. Even the uh, uh, ghusl, something like that. Yeah. Yes. No, no. So, so the narration that I know, yes. on the member, mm-hmm. okay. a- and he said to him, You, you know, obviously he noticed something. He goes, He did He goes, I did it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I did my ghusl for Jum'ah. Mm-hmm. He made him go back, mm-hmm. and he came back. Wet, soaked, yani. yes. okay? Yes. Walking into my Just to show you that the sunnah, they were very strict upon the sunnah. You know, So I'm just saying that it's something late. So clearly, I'm just saying to you, if you've made a ghusl at 10 o'clock and you're doing it again at 12, the 12 one is not about cleaning yourself with perfume, this, that, is it? Do you understand? It's a functional, spiritual thing with niya and water covering the entire body. And that's the most important aspect to, to recognize from, from that. Obviously, there's, there's a lot to discuss though, is that? yeah. And um, when
1: you get a single word
0: of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Can you get the same reward if you do that? Of course not. The mudzir is by its by its nature. That's why we said. Why did the ulama go with the camel first, as opposed to the mudzir? Because in your mind, if I start selling to you that the mudzir this is sufficient, yeah, and then I start telling you afterwards this is the full one, you're already sold on the mudzir, right? You're already, you know, You know, all this. Yeah, all right, inshallah. You know, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same principle. Why? You, we <laughs> it's the same principle. Why? You know that the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in ain is that when he would finish the salah, he would say to the people, "If you wish, you can stay. And if you wish, you can go." Which is why which is why we know that the sunnah khutbah is a sunnah. Right? Now, most khutbah, they don't say that. Because they know they say that, might as be gone then. You know what I'm saying, yeah? They'd be out the door. So, they keep the information to themselves, and then they just, you know, let the people get tortured. So, the point is this. There was a time, a couple of years, couple of, in recent time, where I wanted to go, but there's too many people watching, too many people looking. Anyway, so the point is this, is that uh, uh, that's why we do the detailed one first, so that you buy into it spiritually, spiritually and then you see the kind of the sufficient one afterwards, but you're sold on the, on the thing. Now, what we've covered is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and what we've covered is the minimum that you can actually go and do. Alright, nice and quick. One minute job. Literally, in our time with the shower, it's a one minute job. Just, I've got to make ghusl, go in, let the water froof all over, rub every part of the body, and you're out. There's obviously no time for no soap. There's no time for anything. That's a quick one. And you're probably going to use water, you know, only about five, six times, you know, more than the, whatever. You do a proper ghusl, you're using about a thousand times more than the, the, okay so now let's have a quick chat about what happens in our time we don't use buckets although i use a bucket okay but i don't have a bu- i don't have a bath anymore okay and i miss it to be honest i used to love bucket baths just wanted to say that all right have a bath. how many years man. how, how, how many years is it in the chest no, is know. it three years now it's
1: not long enough
0: <laughs> yeah two years i think it's been in Two and a bit years, yeah? I haven't stepped in it once. <laughs> I'm scared it will break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, lie. It's,
0: not, it's, not what I, it's not like my shower tray, which is stone, you know? Like I've got that heavy resin stone. You know the one that what they call, you take six people to pick it up. I can stand in that, no problem. I stand in that acrylic, glass. I'm going through the ceiling, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? I can't risk that. you having a laugh, aren't you? It's expensive. it's cost me a grand, it did. Anyway, so, so, but yeah, the uh, buckets people don't do it anymore, and even if they did, they wouldn't do it properly anyway. I mean, so I'm just going to base this upon the shower. Okay, let's talk about the modern day shower and how the Muslim, uh, the modern day Muslim, tries to do the sunnah. It is very possible to still do the sunnah. Let's take a person who is either uh, a state of janaba. Okay, let's just use a person who's state of janaba. Okay? Or a person who needs to go, go to, go to uh, do jamaa, whatever. So, he walks into the toilet. Alright? He goes to the toilet and then he does Istinja. Okay? He does Istinja by cleaning himself. He does Istinja by cleaning himself. Washing himself in however manner, however many times, but keeps it odd. Sunnah is the odd number. Witar. Yes? Washes himself. Then, he now moves into the bathtub, isn't it? He moves into the shower. And then according to this, he would then wash his hands three times because of the fact that he just done istinja. And at this moment on the first wash, you could apply soap. And you've now done this. And then you would then start making wudu under the shower. Little bit pieces here and there. At this point, if there's a bucket, you could be doing it like that as well. Or if there's a tap in your bathtub, you could be doing the ghusl the, 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 the as well. According to the two differences of opinion, you could wash your feet now or you could wait until the end. I prefer to wait until the end. Okay? We're still talking the Sunnah. And then what would happen is that you would then pour the water over your head. When you pour the water over your head, this is the time where you would be allowed to put some shampoo in. And then you could shampoo. And then? Al-An? 9 uh, then we call the pass, we Are Do Yes, yes, I We're going to wait for the
1: other <coughs> Oh hey, uh... yeah!
0: To say, what was I <laughs> huh? oh, Yeah. So if we're if we're in that that modern way, I mean, ideally, ideally, there's no sh- shampoo or soap involved in this at all because you've done your cleaning one. Okay, you've done your cleaning. All right. Some other time, but let's. So if you hadn't, if you hadn't, if you if you had done your cleaning, your shampooing, and your soaping, then this would be just pure simple, and you would just pour the water over your head. <coughs> you would then pour the water of your body and you'd wash your feet and it would be job done. It easy. But I know, and I'm, I'm guessing, that people are going to try and combine cleaning with this ghusl. Like the Jumu'ah one, people are not going to do two. Like the Eid one, people are not going to do two. So I'm not giving you an example of the sunnah. So that first time after your, your hair is wet, you'd now wash your hair. Then the second time and third time when you pour your water over yourself, that would be when you're Hair becomes clean. Likewise, now the body is now soaked and you might want to add one more time water to wet the entire body. And then that is when you'd apply the soap. And then the second and the third time that you're pouring water would be then when you are actually pushing the soap away and then you would obviously clean the rest of the body parts and then you would wash your feet. That is if you were to stick strictly to the sunnah. I believe it's permissible. And this is my advice to people who find it difficult if they are in this situation where they have to clean themselves in that ghusl to do the following. Here, a person is not technically starting the ghusl until later until later. And so therefore a person would come into the bathroom, you know, needing to make ghusl. he would go to the toilet, for example, he would clean himself as per normal. He would then go into his bath and he would have a shower, he would have a shower, however he wants. If he's yani, washing his hair, washing his body, this, that, blah blah, doing whatever he wants. Now he's actually finished, do you understand? He's now finished from his shower, then he stands there and he says to himself, "Bismillah." he makes the intention now for the ghusl that he wants to make. All right. He now says, Bismillah. He now makes the intention for the ghusl that he wants to make. Then he starts with the acts of wudu. Yes. He does all of the wudu. And then when it comes to the, the, the wiping part of the head, instead of that, then he pours the water over his head three times. Then he washes his entire body with the water. And in a shower, what would this be? This, this would be literally to stand underneath the water and then step back And to stand underneath the the water, step back, stand underneath the water and step back. And then when it comes to the body, one would then stand, allow the water then to penetrate every part of a wet body already, wash the feet, job done. Did that make sense? Yes? That would be the other way of doing it if you are going to combine your normal cleansing shower with your obligatory ghusl shower. So there's two there. you either going to stick to the sunnah, which is the best way. What do I mean by sticking to the sunnah? You are clean when you go into that bathroom. You don't need to use any soap or shampoo. You're just going to go in and you're just going to use your hands and water. And that ghusl is a spiritual bath. It's lifting a spiritual state of hadith. Remember, when you have to make ghusl for Eid and Jum'ah and for Janaba and Hayd and Nifas, it doesn't mean you're dirty. There's no necessary requirement that you're dirty. Even in Nifas and Hayab, today's products, the way that people keep themselves clean today, there's no idea that there's blood everywhere and whatever. It's not the case. So they would go in and it will be a ritualistic bath. So the issue is water being used. Alright? Whereas if someone wants to combine the two and they want to do that full kind of thing, then my advice to them, my advice, is that they go in, they go into the bath, they actually clean themselves, they have their kind of normal shower, then they stop they say Bismillah, and then they start making wudu. In the shower, make wudu. Face, arms, then let the water go over their head three times. Then they wash the body, then they wash the feet. Now you've done full khussu. Okay, let's take some questions on that quickly. Yeah. What
1: about if we just switch the whole process
0: over? You do your ghusl first. Yes. So, then you have the shower. That also so, Bob's so, <clears throat> saying, why don't you switch it around completely from istinja, go straight into the ghusl itself, do wudu, finish the ghusl with water, and then do the wash the feet. Then you, you have your own shower. What's the problem with that? The problem is that there are many scholars that traditionally did not like a person touching the private parts and that they said that it breaks the wudu, etc., etc. So you fall into the risk. Of falling into that. Now, I just want to say that could technically apply in the first one as well, because you have already done the wudu, and then you're going to then you know uh, wash yourself. The reality is is that it's much much less likely, much less likely. When we were taught um, by our ulama on how to make uh, ghusl, okay, when we're cleaning ourselves, so for example, it was very well known that uh, some of the ulama they considered any touching of the private parts would break the wudu. And so therefore, for example, when it comes to the private parts, in the thighs, we were told to wash like this. So that the hand does not touch the private part. Yeah. So the hand is rubbing the thigh, and this will touch the private parts. Okay, of the entire body, backside, front side. And therefore, you, you are safe, technically, from touching. Now, you know that the position of this class is that even if you do touch it with your hands, and when there's no desire, it doesn't break the wall. But I'm just saying, this is the kind of matters you need to keep in account. And that's why... I don't think it's such a good idea to have it the other way around. Allah Alam, yeah.
1: What's the problem with the
0: introduction of um, soap? There's no problem. How does this fit though, with the minimum use of water and a continuous process? Uh, There's no evidence that he used any soap within these processes.
1: Low trees and th- you know, the
0: within air. these processes of al ghusl. There's no evidence. We're not saying it's not allowed. We're not saying it's not enough, but why is it that in this hadith, and that hadith, and that hadith, there's no mention of the tree, the leaf, the, any form of artificial soap? Correct, okay, well
1: but that's one of many also that he did. Correct. And one of, possibly
0: one that he combined both. Possibly, which is, why we're, which is why we are also allowing a person to use soap within the same standing. So
1: the introduction of soap... With the water, doesn't actually... No
0: problem at all. No problem at all. I gave you that scenario, isn't it? If you want to stick strictly to the sunnah, and you want to say, I'm going to do my, my soap within, then yes, a person could, the first time he pours water on his head, from the three, he could then apply his shampoo, and he could do it. And when I told you about the pouring of the water over the body... We said to you that either one or three is sufficient. It doesn't have to be three times. You could actually clean your body with soap at that time and then allow then the water remaining to wash it off. I'm just saying this, that when we go back to the Sunnah and we understand this Arba it is very difficult to understand. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam using four of these to wash off not just his body, but soap of his body. So, huh? Four of these to wash the self mm-hmm. and soap off the body? So. 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 Difficult. Last question. Okay. The cleansing and then the ghusl. Yeah. Do they, have to, do
1: they have to be two distinct? It doesn't.
0: That's what Shizad is asking. The cleansing and the ghusl do not have to be two distinct separate things. Not at all. And the proof of that is the statement that we said what is sufficient for ghusl Covering the entire body with water—it doesn't matter what happens, how you do it. It's not wawo. This is ghusl. and ghusl is bigger. Any key questions outside on online? line?
1: Uh, <coughs> Just about the earrings.
0: Yeah, the earrings. Like I said, they—if they, they are covering uh, the large skin, then they should be removed. If it's the one which is a ring, it does not need to be removed.
1: <laughs> <Is it? laughs> Uh, when you're in the shower, you're automatically washing the wudu parts as well, do you specifically have to do the
0: wudu actions? The wudu actions? Yeah. Of course, what do you mean? As in the wudu actions you have to do them. Wudu actions? As in you're, when, when
1: you're in the shower, you're automatically washing all the wudu parts as well, do you specifically have to do the wudu actions yeah. and in order? And they the yeah. I and mean, then you some questions.
0: the and Yeah. You're saying to do a sunnah version, then yes you would, but obviously if you want to just focus on cleansing, are we going
1: to add a Shaykh opinion right
0: now? Or? Tell, tell her from opinion.
1: Yeah, if you do ghusl that is not for the intention of Janaba and possibly jummah, then
0: you have to do wudu as well at the end. If you do not, if you do, if you what, sorry? If you're
1: doing ghusl, yeah. the intention of ghusl, and it's not to alleviate the state of Janaba specifically, and I think maybe jummah he said as well. Then basically the ghusl doesn't give you... You have to make... If
0: it is for just cleansing and cleaning, it's separate. Even if you make the intention of ghusl. Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah, that's We're going to come to that later, inshallah. Khair, wa la wa I'll see everyone uh, online, Manchester uh, Friday, for the men conferences, men.org.uk. I'll see you in London, myself and Sheikh Yasser on Saturday and in Birmingham on Sunday, insha'Allah, daytime and evening. Jazakumullahu khair, assalamu alaykum wa